0: Trusting your old mother, boys. The following podcast contains spoilers for the movie The Goonies. Buckle up, it's gonna be a wild ride.
1: Welcome to Diabolical, the show where four long suffering friends dissect film's most dastardly schemes, then try to improve them. I'm your host, Adam, and this week's movie is 80s classic The Goonies. So, dear listeners, get ready to do your best truffle shuffle. And let's get diabolical. Welcome to this week's episode, and our first of a new and improved season two with extra sarcasm. For this season, we've decided to switch things up a little. Up until now, the host of each week's podcast picks the winner from the rest of the panel. Doesn't concoct a plan themselves. However, the hosts will now be presenting a plan and be part of the panel. Each member of the panel of peril will be voting for their favourite plot of the week, but cannot vote for themselves. The hosts will receive one point for winning, as they have home advantage, while the others receive two points for a win. We'll keep track of all the scores, and at the end of the season, we'll declare the winner. We will all take turns hosting, regardless of who wins each week's episode. It's that simple. Joining me, as always, are my friends and fellow podcast conspirators. I'd like to ask them now, please introduce yourselves and tell me, what would be your pirate name and the vessel that you sail in? Hello, I'm Lord Manly Supreme, and my pirate
0: name would be Cap'n Steino B. Salty, and my ship... (laughs) would be the saucy normal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm Craig and I've tried to go for a pirate name that's in keeping with our old pal One-Eyed Willie. So my pirate name would be Captain Phil McCracken of the good ship Uranus Brown of Starfish Cove.
0: <laughs> I think there might be some hidden meanings in that one.
1: Mm. <laughs> oh. See
3: if you can fathom them out, dear listener. <laughs> I'm Gaz. Uh, my pirate name is Captain Jack Gaz Sparrow. <laughs> and my ship name is the Black Gaz Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> A <laughs> little bit of original IP there. How
1: inventive! <laughs> Shiver me timbers. Arr. And my captain name will be Captain Randy Two Finger Woodward. <laughs> and my
3: vessel is the Staggering Lady.
0: I see why Turner and Craig are at each other so often now. They're basically the same person. <laughs>
2: Sharing brain. Sharing <laughs> brain. Yeah, we're not like Paula Abdul and that cat. <laughs> <laughs> we're more like that He Man where there's two heads on one body and they just punch <laughs> each other.
1: <laughs> the Goonies tells the tale of a group of kids facing eviction from their home in the Goondock area of Astoria, Oregon, to make way for the expansion of a nearby posh country club. After finding an old treasure map, and doubloon from 1632 in his dad's attic, Mikey convinces the rest of the gang that this is their chance of salvation, and they set off to find the treasure of one-eyed Willie. What follows is a fast-paced, Indiana Jones, James Bond-infused romp with plenty of laughs and action to boot. Released in the US on the 7th of June, 1985, The Goonies was a huge success, going on to gross $125 million worldwide. It has remained a cult classic and talks of a sequel have been both confirmed and denied over the years since. And the returning segment, sticking to its original classic formula, Yeah or Mayer returns to bulldoze its way through mid-1980s movies like a knife through butter. So please can I have a Yeah or Meh from the panel for these notable films of
3: 1985. Back to the future. Yeah. 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 The Breakfast Club. Yeah. yeah. Never seen it all the way through.
1: No, well, it's good. I tell you, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> <laughs> cocoon. I mm, ah, don't know.
0: It is Brian Dennehy. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah.
1: And he's wearing
2: a he's wearing a yellow sou'wester. I think I was going to say yeah. I haven't seen it for a long time, but let's say yeah. I think I liked it when I was eight.
1: Yeah. I have fond memories as a kid watching it um, with my folks and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say yeah. I used to wind up a lad in work saying his
0: mum looked like Brian Dennehy. It's a really (laughs) wind up. (laughs) Every every time she came in the shop, I go, Brian's here, mate. She's looking for
1: you. (laughs) (laughs) My personal favourite, Day of the Dead. Yeah. 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 Big time. Rocky Fall, who I know there's a particular fan of here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Meh. Meh
1: for me as well. Spies Like Us? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Spies Like Us? I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah. And last but not least,
2: The Color Purple. Oh, I've never seen it. Never seen it. Never seen it.
1: Never seen it. Oh, it's a year
2: from me.
0: We had the VHS in my house. I remember the cover being like a maroon with like a sunset on it, but I uh, never watched I it. it.
2: Was, was it purple? I think it was purple.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not the color maroon, is it? <laughs> <laughs> So without further ado, let's get stuck into the film. So do we all agree that this is a seminal film of our youth and continues to carry water?
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) No. I was never massively enamoured of it. I didn't have strong nostalgic memories for it. I thought I'd probably enjoy it more on this watch, and I did. It's pretty enjoyable, but I still think it's one of those things that's been overrated by time and the unreliable memory of nostalgia. But, you know, there's a lot of things in it to enjoy.
3: Yeah. guess I thought it was bum bum poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> so to cut to the chase here. Just tell us what you really think. <laughs> it had me for about the first half hour, 40 minutes, and then just it completely lost me completely lost it. <laughs> to the point where i was texting just being like what what's the plan <laughs> i didn't have a scooby day the, the one thing that i really loved was the score that's
2: fantastic yeah,
1: it's a proper swashbuckling score isn't it yeah
2: yeah obviously i i mentioned that as well right that it was hard to discern what if any plan was happening it just seems to be a series mm. of events a series of unfortunate events yes
1: it's all set up from the beginning, isn't it? They go into the attic and we find the map, and the bloom and stuff, and then they go, right? Let's oh, I
2: was talking more about the Fratellis having any kind of. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. The Fratellis, at the start, it takes you in a different direction, doesn't it? And then all of a sudden, it focuses on the kids. Mm-hmm. But in the first five minutes, you get us, it's got pretty much all the main characters in it, isn't it?
2: That I really enjoyed. The introduction to the characters was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of the best opening credits.
0: I think it's up there with The Big Lebowski in terms of opening credits because you, you already know the characters by the time the film starts properly. Contrary to Gaza, I, I loved it. You know, this is one of my favorite films of all time anyway. And, you know, I, usually I, I have a, a problem suspending disbelief, but I, I think my nostalgia helps me with this one. And even though there are some big, big plot holes and some things where you just think, what? Yeah. I, I, my brain is already kind of able, able to skate
1: over them. And I just, it's just a wild ride for me. I, love it. I bet you, you thought the pacing on this movie was spot on as well, didn't you?
0: I I think it moves along at a decent clip. There are a couple of sags, like uh, in the waterfall maybe and yeah. like where they in the dark smooch it starts to sag a bit there. But yeah, basically it moves moves on quite quite nicely.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. That was always my favourite bit when when I was a kid actually.
0: You just dreamed of getting a, a sweet smooch in the dark.
2: <laughs> a sweet smooch in the dark, yeah. <laughs> something about the wet cave i don't know what that was i don't know my young mind couldn't process <laughs> what, what the metaphor was there
0: it has got to be kind of instinctual primeval understanding of what a wet cave is <laughs>
2: no but there are big plot holes none more so surely than the ending where everybody the parents the realtors are just on the beach for no fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. And they can't recruit <laughs> What were they doing there? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> There's one part of
0: that where they find the, the jewels and then th- that's it. The dad's like, well, I'm not signing this. Not now, not ever. Not sure if they're real <laughs> jewels. It just throws the paper up in the air.
2: I love that when he throws the torn paper up in the air, it's very clear that some extra torn paper's added to what he's throwing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: he's just been to a wedding. <laughs> but the weird thing in
0: that ending, while we're on it, you know, Data mentions an octopus. Yeah. He says the octopus was so scary, but that was actually cut from the film. But yeah. um, Dickie Donner decided to leave it in to get get people talking. Ooh. And in a fairly recent in- interview before he died, someone asked him about it, and he said, "Well, I left it in
1: just for this reason. People are still asking me about it all these years later." Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's clever.
1: Uh, to add to Ben's, yeah, I I love it as well. I think it's one of the one of the movies. I think if you to say to people, name ten 1980 movies that, that they up, the Goonies. I think it's one of those ones that sticks in everybody's head, and I think a lot of people from well, round about our age group will have very fond memories of it and still love it today. And I, I loved it. I, mm. This, It's just the pacing of it, the, the sort of little one-liners. As as a kid, sort of like action film and stuff like that, it's really well conceived, um, really well pulled off. And I think the way the, the chemistry of the cast and some of the performances of the kids is brilliant. The guy who plays um, Chunk, and his relationship with Sloth is a bit creepy at some points, but then it's just like at the end when he says he's going to go and live with him and stuff like that, it's like, holy shit. You're going to live with me now. Yeah. <laughs> I, say, I say that to my kids all the time.
0: You're going to live with me now.
2: That's right, though, about the, you know, name, name 10 movies from the 80s, it will come up, and it's kind of similar to, like, if you said someone named 10 murderers, probably like Fred West would come up similar kind of energy
1: you're comparing the goonies to fred west that fucking <laughs> <hell>? <laughs> that's a <bit> strong
2: <laughs> just a little joke about uh naming something in the top 10 list or it wasn't even top 10 was it just 10 things from the 80s doesn't necessarily mean it's good right talk about the kids performance
0: i thought they're excellent i love i love the way they interact and there's a lot of overlapping in their speech which i think mm. makes it sound really really natural as yeah. we've mentioned before sean
2: astin's super young though isn't he and he's kind of the least confident yeah. of them in this i, I noticed
1: i think it, it fits i think he's good yeah mm, i think he's he's the, he's like the most serious one out of the lot isn't he? and he's like it's his quest isn't yeah. it and he, he's the one that turns them all to to go out the door and do it and convinces him and then it's when he finally gets the one-eyed Willie. he's the one that takes it like this is a personal thing for him and finally he's he's sort of bested him hasn't he and things like that which is really i thought it was really cool
2: I suppose it's that's the difficult thing for his role is that he has to play the straight man in a bunch of kids that were having a lot of fun. You you were talking about the Cindy Loper video and yeah. he apologized to her for what he was worried was it looked like he wasn't enjoying it and he, he just said it's because they were filming such long days and they were kids. Mm-hmm. He was just exhausted and didn't didn't have the energy to. Feel. That's probably why yeah. like child labor laws on on films have become a lot more stringent, right?
3: Mm. Well, I think John Landis might have had something to do with that. Well, that as well, yeah. What, what, what was that? What's the story behind that? <laughs> we won't go into it. It's a, it's a long and harrowing story. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Google it at home. No, It is deeply
2: unpleasant. Oh, deeply.
3: I have a challenge for you. Yeah? Can you name
0: a film with better sets than The Goonies? They are outstanding.
1: Yeah. <sighs> I'd have to have a good thing for a while. But yeah, when when especially when they're on the, the, the pirate ship in that cavern and stuff like that. You just want to be there, don't so you? So good.
0: Yeah. Oh, down the, down the water slide, I'd give anything.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'd give anything to go down the water slide and fire out.
2: Isn't a lot of that like a, a matte painting, though? I know there's bits of set, but the wide shots.
0: No, no, they have they, they had it really, and then they used it as a matte painting as well uh-huh. for some of the wider shots, yeah. But it was really Well, that's really, really cool. There. So they, 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 they needed to do the matte painting to make it look a bit bigger than it was.
2: I'm sure there are people who specialise in set stuff who would give us a ton of other stuff, but, you know, like, off the top of my head, something like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I mean, that's a hell of a set. Yeah,
3: that's
2: what I was going to say.
0: Amazing. Yeah, that's amazing too.
3: It's sort of in the similar sort of vein, I suppose, isn't Mm. it? It's almost like a kiddie version of Indiana Jones. Mm.
1: It's the year after Temple of Doom, isn't it? So... Mm. I can't remember, is it you, Craig, that shared the the article about Data and the, it was yeah. Steven Spielberg that just gave him his next role just went bang, straight into his next movie.
2: Yeah, I love him. I hope he gets a, an Oscar nom for yeah. everything, everywhere, all at once. That's so great.
1: Yeah. So have you, have you got any particular favourite moments or quotes?
2: Yeah, loads. Um, we were talking about the opening credits. I think they're fantastic. It's such a great car chase. It's quite reminiscent of Superman. It has a similar kind of car chase in that. I love when... We're introduced to Chunk and he smears his pizza all over the window. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And the the credits, the the skull is really cool. The effect opening into the first scene. Yeah. What I didn't remember is the Robert Davy suicide fake out, which was what the fuck.
0: I love the, well. we talk about Chunk, I love the scene where he's spilling his guts. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Tell us everything. <laughs> Spill your guts and he just goes through all his misdemeanors. I was crying. <laughs> so good. He's so good, isn't he? He talks about spewing off the balcony and <laughs> making everyone else below
3: <laughs> spew. <laughs> Something in common with the campaign there, I suppose. Yeah.
2: Of the recurring Rube Goldberg device, which in the UK we sometimes call a Heath Robinson device, which is like the you know, the Wallace and Gromit type contraptions where you have the domino effect, you hit the little silver ball and it hits the kettle and, you know, those devices, there's a few of those in the movie. Uh, I love that. It's really cool. Yeah, just to open the gate.
3: Yeah, that's 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 the best one, isn't
1: it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gaz,
3: you got some favourite moments you'd like to share? Not really. (laughs) What, What I have got is just, it's a bit pervy, the film for me. There's, there's Come like, on, then. There's, I think I know what you're going to say. There's obviously, there's a statue with the cock getting broken off, which uh, is not, that's not so bad. Um, but then there is a serious upskirt shot pretty early on. Oh Where yeah. Is
2: it? I didn't notice that.
3: In, in the cave. Mm. And I was just like, uh, I don't know. Dick, Dick Donner seems to have a, a slight habit of this because there's such we better cut this out. Actually, I'm going to get fucking sued. <laughs> 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 He's
1: dead. He's all right. <laughs> He's dead. You can't defame the dead. Yeah, you can't defame the dead. Go mad, Gaz. 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 Gaz.
3: There's also the the full frontal shot of the little boy in Superman the movie. I was just like, it's, it's, it just seems a bit odd. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't
1: yeah.
0: know. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I thought you were going to say, I
1: thought it was a bit of a, a strange sort of moment, but sort of like you could either take it as endearing or like creepy, sort of like with an edge of sexual nature. It's like when Chunk and Sloth are feeding each other, that baby Ruth is a bit weird. And I was like, <laughs> I was creeped out by it. But
0: yeah, at the end as well, when uh, Chunk says he loves Sloth and gives him a kiss, that's a little bit. Odd as well. That's a heart-melting
1: moment. That that bit, I was like, oh, this is lovely. But then
0: Turner, remember they've known each
1: other for what six hours at the most. Yeah, but they've they're, but they're like that, aren't they? Yeah, they've just come to. He's he's rescued him, hasn't he? Yeah.
2: Chunk and Sloth aside, it is a coming-of-age movie, so you expect those kind of tropes in it. You know, it's all about boys coming into manhood and starting to see the girls around them. That stuff. I was I was joking earlier about the you know, Mikey in the cave stuff, but him kissing the girl in the dark is such like a coming of age thing. And when they go to the toilets in there and uh, he says, this is a little boy's room, this is a girl's room. And his older brother's like, I'm going to the men's room. And then all the other boys are like, yeah, I'm going to the men's room. I mean, could you have a stronger metaphor for coming of age? I think you kind of expect some of that stuff. And I don't think it's particularly pervy. I think that's just tapping into... 80s kids' movies were a lot more risque. They just were, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's very true. I don't think um, moments like that would be taken anyway, you know, it, they wouldn't be taken with any sort of, whether they're innocent or not, whereas back then they would have been sort of like, is it is it innocent or is it a bit pervy or, or
0: what? The other thing. And now um, it
1: would just be like, no, that's getting cut. Oh, we're
0: so cynical now. We're so very cynical <laughs> yeah. as a people. I don't know if it's yes, cynical.
2: It I think we're mm-hmm. just more conscious. I think that's what it is.
0: Oh, there's a lot of cynicism but as well. I think,
1: yeah, but... There's there's a lot of people that have genuine affection towards kids and they like, you know, and they have no yeah. Yeah. insidious motives or anything like that, you no, know? No, no. And they like kids and that's it. And they like to wear trench coats. Fucking hate them. <laughs> <Dickheads>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Did
0: you guys think that the Mama Fratelli slaps were brutal or was it just me? Yeah. Every time she slapped one of the kids, Mm. oh, one of the one of the men, (laughs) Christ! I don't know if she was really doing it or it was
1: just a sound effect. Thunderous slaps. It was good, whether it was real or not. It was it was good. I've got some notes to share with you. I've ridden a child's bike more times than I care to remember. Surely it'd be faster. Just to run, <laughs> to pinch that pink little girl's bike. I love that. This, That's so this good. Is crazy. That's crazy. But sad. he's going downhill quite a bit. Yeah. So quick. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't look like a total douchebag in front of um, his prospective missus, that would he? i sort also like, just hanging out down at the well. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are they doing? Just hanging out, leaning on a well. Yeah. Oh, uh, Troy. Yeah. yeah. He turns up as a funny. He's on
0: the
2: toilet. He's down the well. Yeah. yeah. There are some big bigger- <laughs> plot contrivances than that like the kids have quite a good head start on the fratelli's down in the cave system but they just catch up to them really easily even though they've like, had to go through all the perils got,
3: got a longer stride
2: haven't they
0: longer stride <laughs> yeah that's it yeah the, the kids are solving the puzzles right which takes a bit of time i think
2: but but they still find like freaky places to go it wouldn't be obvious immediately i don't know i thought that a bit quick.
0: yeah oh yeah no i agree totally the,
2: the biggest difficulty i had to spend in my disbelief was data's grappling hook which is just some teeth on a on a slinky
1: i've got that (laughs) do do you mean the pinches of power
0: pinches of power (laughs) my friend
1: or plastic joke teeth really that
0: grippy the clues in the title pinches of power (laughs) (laughs) they pinch and
3: they're powerful
2: i think like what i do like about this film is that like the stakes when they set them out are clear and they're tangible you know that the the houses they're going to lose yeah. their their home and everything that film could have not had any stakes like that it could have just been like an adventure and i think cool that they went you know that far and gave it gave it some stakes cuz
0: so it's better for it isn't it
2: yeah yeah i got a bit confused at one point where they showed some dynamite and it, i think it had dynamite written on it and then
0: and candles. when the
2: kids, yeah, so yeah, it was okay, mixed. okay. Yeah, I think that's where I got confused because they light a candle and they go, "Oh, it's dynamite!" And I was like, yeah, "Do you remember picking up the dynamite earlier?"
0: No, they were mixed in. Yeah,
1: so we know the dynamite, but the kids only see the candles. The candles in uh, One-Eyed Willie's um, quarters have been burning a long time as well, haven't they?
2: Right. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Long like time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't thought about that.
1: (laughs) It must have been like going uh, (laughs) through the through the deck or something at time.
2: But just setting like now. But um, my my two biggest plot holes. The first one is that the fatalities are going to make the kids walk the plank on the ship, aren't they? And then Sloth saves them. But then they all jump off the plank. (laughs) So what was he saving them (laughs) from exactly?
0: Well, the the octopus was there and that's where the deleted scene comes.
2: Oh, okay. Ah, Right, 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 right. And then the other one is that I know the Fratelli is a stupid, but speaking of the pinches of power again, um, Joe Pantoliano tries to free his genitals from the teeth with a rusty cutlass. (laughs) What's he doing? Chopping his own balls (laughs) off there.
3: (laughs) I was surprised how old Joe Pantoliano was in this. I I thought he'd be a lot younger than... uh, Turns out he was.
2: Oh, yeah, he was uh, always a bit older than he looked, wasn't he?
3: Like um, Christopher Lloyd.
2: Yeah.
3: I actually Googled him while I
1: was watching, and he's 71 now. Crazy. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Gaz, you mentioned this
0: before uh, about the statue and the, the penis getting broke off. That coincided with my favourite line, and Mikey sees it. He goes, oh, my God, that's my mum's most favourite piece. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yay. Oh, hey. <laughs> I wonder if... Uh, Martin Scorsese ever saw Goonies I reckon he has bit of a theme park isn't it not much of, not much of a cinema bit of a theme park
3: oof cut that laughter <laughs>
1: Manny Supreme has given us uh, one of his favourite lines. Uh, Gaz, do you have any favourite lines? Probably not.
3: I got nothing. I got fucko. (laughs) (laughs) I I did actually write one down, which is just about the statue. um, When I'm not sure who it is. Is it Josh Brolin? Says he's going to be pissing all over you. That was it. Made me laugh.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because he fits it the wrong way around, doesn't he? Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Go, Craig. Yeah, I mean, my favourite line is uh, when they're in the well. And they're saying to Corey Feldman that he can't take the coins because they were somebody's wishes, and he says, "This was my wish, and it didn't come true, so I'm taking it back." That's my favourite line. That's a good one. That's a good one.
1: That's good. Yeah. Can I guess yours? Turner? I think I know it. Go on then. Hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know you think I'm a simpleton but <laughs> I have uh, it's the bit where they're playing the um, skeleton organ hmm. Sean Astin says if you hit the wrong note we'll all be flat ah, ha, ha.
2: No, that's pretty good it's good I missed that
1: it's a pretty good one I like it it's good Yeah, there's, there's quite a few but that's my favourite one and I'll stop at that
2: not accurate though is it because they weren't getting crushed they were falling through the, the floor
3: maybe they hit so hard that they completely flattened <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you recall the scene in Roger Rabbit where yeah. Bob Hoskins is crushed to yeah, the ground. that's it,
1: exactly. Yeah, the fence rests.
0: Do you mind if I uh, go for my recurring feature, My Favourite Name in the Credits? Yes, of course. Okay, here we go. My Favourite Name in the Credits. There are two that kind of caught my eye. One was Carol Bob Johnson. Bob in brackets. <laughs> I wonder how Carol Johnson <laughs> has become known as Bob. That really caught my yeah. eye, set designer Bob. Anyway, that wasn't my favorite. That was one that caught my eye. My favorite this this week was actually the caterers. Four star catering, not confident enough in their own food to give themselves
1: five stars. <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe they're going off the Roger Ebert scale because four's top whack. Yes, on this, isn't it? I was
1: going to say <laughs> Roger Ebert gave this film three stars <laughs> out of four. So maybe uh, yeah.
3: That is funny, though.
1: It was probably his... It was a shell company set up by him, more likely. (laughs) The Goonies are successful in saving their homes and their friendship, but at the expense of the family Fratelli. Except for Sloth, of course. If it wasn't for those pesky kids! So... What do we all think of the Fratelli's plan? Shit, they
3: haven't
2: got one. (laughs) Agreed. They they don't have one. Yeah, I was going to say non-existent. (laughs) This is our inaugural episode of our second season and we've picked a movie where the villains don't actually have a plan. (laughs) They just seem to careen from mishap to mishap.
1: (laughs) Lord Manly Supreme,
0: what did you think of the Fratelli's plot? For it being non-existent, I'm giving it one. Florence of Broccoli. Oh. <laughs> but <laughs> wow. that doesn't mean I hate the film. It just means their plan is no. shocking. Yeah. yeah. I'll improve yeah. it for them. Don't you worry about that.
1: Oh, do you well. Yeah, that remains to be seen.
0: Can we just have um a minute's recognition of the mother, Mama Fratelli?
2: As played by Rip Torn. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Her name's Anne Ramsey and she's fantastic.
3: <laughs> no, she's excellent. Telling them they're about as seasoned as a cock flavored lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> She's so
2: great, and um, she's also in Throw Mama from the Train with uh, Michael Keaton and... (laughs) Michael Keaton and Danny Demeter. That's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Fratelli's retreat to the old restaurant, hoping that a bit of time hiding out will take the heat off them for springing Jake from county jail and their counterfeiting operation inadvertently stumbling across their lair the goonies discover their secret and must be silenced alas they don't quite have the minerals to accomplish the act but how would we improve lord manly supreme as the previous episode winner i shall grant you first crack i
0: actually made the mistake this week of forgetting that we're all voting on each other's and i wrote it as I usually do, depending on who the host is, kind of trying to play to their tastes. So this
1: is very, very squarely aimed at Turner. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Ha! Good. (laughs) Well, you can bag yourself two points from me then, can't you? Yes. Well,
3: you know, if you win, anyway. Metaphorical points. The best kind of points. I win every week, metaphorically.
2: I win the moral victory every week in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Dusting your hands off. Another job well done there for me.
0: (laughs) Okay, so my family of hardened criminals has been recognised by a group of local misfits. We have to act fast or we'll end up in the slammer. And Lord knows, I'm too damn pretty for the slammer. The mistake the Fratellis made was putting Chunk in the cell with Sloth, because that was the catalyst for a relationship that led to their undoing. So with Chunk tied up in the main room, well away from Sloth, I slink off to the freezer. Raspberry nipple, clunky monkey, ah, double cock fudge. Delicious. (laughs) I open up a tub of ice cream and pour in rat poison. Just a one big ice cream, I give it to Chunk. Jeez, really, mister? (laughs) Of course, my ickle pudgy friend. Buon appetito. Chunk starts wolfing it down. He's dead in minutes. I fetch some chocolate ice cream from the freezer and smear it on Chunk's corpse.
2: <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell the rest of it. Uh, can... <laughs> fully still fully clothed, of course. Oh, dearest brother, I call to Sloth. <laughs>
0: Fuck Would you me. like some chocolate? <laughs> sloth goes nuts for chocolate. Released from his shackles, he wolfs down Chunk. Was that good, brother? I ask. I do good. Sloth wiggles his ears independently to indicate that I have done very well. Want some more like that, brother? His ears wriggle again. I lead Sloth, who is now jonesing for child flesh, to the hole in the floor. There's more down there, even more delicious than this one, I say, pointing towards the pile of bones formerly known as Chunk. As much as you can eat. Sloth leaps down the hole, excited to satisfy his craving. And we Fratellis remain hidden in our safe house slash cafe. Bellissimo.
2: Okay, I've got one plot hole here for you, which is that the Fratellis yeah, do not know that the Goonies have gone into the hole until they interrogate Chunk.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll have interrogated him first, but then I wouldn't put him in into the room with their Sloth. They don't interrogate him after they've put him
2: in the room, right? Ah, I see. Okay.
1: Having killed Chunk with poison and having Sloth eat him, isn't he going to ingest the poison himself and then die?
0: Mm -hmm. He won't eat the stomach sack. He'll eat the flesh (laughs) on top. It won't have had time
2: to course through the blood by then, so I think it would be be all right. It won't have had time to course through the blood after, (laughs) post-mortem. He's died, but it hasn't had time to (laughs) course through his blood. (laughs) How did he die then? Has to go into the blood from the stomach to kill him. A little bit of osmosis, but, you know. Just
3: the right amount of osmosis. Oh, I'm awful at murder. <laughs> Not any osmos <else>, <laughs> Excellent.
2: Uh, any further questions? Are you okay? That's my only other question. <laughs> Are you okay? This was fucking horrendous.
3: <laughs> I think if it's the use of the word smear. Me. <laughs> the edge. Yeah, that set us all off, didn't it? <laughs> do we need to put a content
0: warning on this episode, maybe?
1: <laughs> if you have kids who are delicious, please do not listen. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, do you want to go next?
2: Yeah, I struggled with this one because of my usual process, which is to, you know, I need to know what the, the plot is. And because I didn't feel like the villains had a plot, I've broken it down a bit to help me. How to rethink a diabolical scheme in three easy steps. One, understand what the villain wants. Two, consider what tools they have at their disposal. Three, pinpoint where their plan went wrong. So, what do the Fratellis want? Freedom. They will do anything to avoid returning to prison, except stop committing murders. (laughs) What do they have at their disposal? A gun. So far, so good. So... Where does it all go wrong? The Goonies. On the face of it, a tough nut to crack. So, you have to go deeper. What else do they have at their disposal? Each other. What else do they want? To be together. They show us this right from the film's opening scene, where they help to boost their son and brother from the county jail. The Italian name Fratelli means siblings. So, where does it all go wrong? Sloth. When it comes to their differently abled brother, they forget all of the things that are important to them family, freedom, felony murder. (laughs) So, how to solve a problem like Sloth? Too late to undo the mistakes of the past. They need to make it up to him now. So, what does Sloth want? Companionship. He's so desperate to connect, he befriends the first annoying, whiny little prick he meets. And that annoying, whiny little prick tells us something about the world he lives in. A larger, Interconnected world. So here's how it plays out. Mama Fratelli shifts impatiently in the driver's seat of the family Jeep Cherokee XJ, the muscles of her left arm flexing beneath a tattoo which reads, Son. Her noodle armed, bumbling child Francis jumps into the passenger side and cocks his M1911A1 handgun. His fruity, opera loving older brother saunters down the steps of the Clatsup County lockup. They are weak, she thinks. And her son Lotney, the one they call Sloth, is strong. Perhaps she will have need of him soon. After all, they can't hole up in the Astoria Lighthouse Lounge forever. Perhaps they should unshackle Sloth and leave him as a surprise for the feds who will inevitably show up. But the Big Lug is too kind-hearted to kill for no reason, so we must give him something to protect. In nearby Portland's Chinatown district, there is an exotic pet store. Perhaps we can find his adorable namesake. Yes, she thinks. If we buy him a baby sloth to protect, he'll crush those feds and give (laughs) us time to clear the state lines while their colleagues descend on their old hideout. What they find within is far more exotic. The clerk tries to warn them. Last year, his uncle in Pennsylvania sold one of the creatures to some idiot who bred them and they terrorized the whole town. And recently, right here in Oregon a chubby kid ignored the warnings and put his in the bath. They narrowly avoided an incident thanks to the fact that the kid had eaten all of the food in the house long before midnight. After robbing the pet store, the Vitellis return to their hideout and after dealing with the first feds who show up, Mama leaves Sloth with his mogwai and enough baby roost bars to feed an army. She tells him that she and his brothers need to run some errands and they'll be back around 1am. Make sure to feed your pet around that time. That night, The FBI receives an anonymous tip-off, and agents descend upon the lighthouse lounge. The first few are torn to shreds by gremlins, but one gets off a shot, and green blood spatters the face of the now furious Sloth. He grabs an agent and squashes his head like a ripe melon, popping out eyes and brain matter. He lurches for another, biting into his jugular. Once the fight is won, Sloth and his slightly depleted army of gremlins head for the nearby country club, where they'll find fun. Food and a nice shower room. So you you may have noticed that when dinky Junk dinky. calls the uh, county sheriff, the sheriff complains that last time Junk called was to tell him about creatures who multiply when you get them wet.
1: Yes, yes, we we understood that link there. That was very nice. Yeah, nicely segued. What's happening with the Goonies while well, um, Sloth is raining havoc? with his his Gremlins that's all I wanted to know
2: I'm fact finding here so the Goonies have already found the fireplace so they were already down in there their adventure will be much the same but sans the pursuing Fratelli's chunk is still picked up by the Fratelli's after escaping but instead of taking him back to the Lighthouse Lounge where they're never going again they just shoot him on the way to wherever they're going next and dump his body <laughs> by the side of the road <laughs> do they smear it in chocolate and then eat it no they just just shoot it
3: Chuck him in a wheelie bin like Auntie Donna.
2: They're not sadists, and um, their brother's not a cannibal, so they just, just shoot him and dump him. Okie dokie. It's the humane way to do it, I suppose.
0: This, this episode is well dark, is it?
2: <laughs> I thought mine would be the darkest, but I had no idea what you had planned.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it going this way. I thought us would be quite light-hearted this episode, and everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, it's great fun, blah, blah,
0: blah. <laughs> One more question. Do Mogwai exist in this world? Well, according to
2: law. Just a yes or no. Yes.
1: Good. Okay, that's fine by me. Yeah, it was the year before, wasn't it? Nineteen eighty-four, Gremlins, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and all the stuff online says that Chunk's line to the sheriff is accurate, and he's talking about Mogwai rather than having seen the movie.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't, and it doesn't reference the movie as, as a movie, as yeah. the movie in. Goonies, yeah, so yeah, it's it's, that's legitimate, I'd say, yeah. Okay, cool.
2: Gaz, what you got for us? Um. (laughs) Is it? Invest in a good pair of scissors and stab the children to death?
3: (laughs) (laughs) That is war and peace compared to what I've arrived at here. (laughs) So the the first idea I had was to, what I like to do around the home... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kind of to amuse the family but more to amuse myself is to sing gibberish words along to classical music so i was going to do that and just be like yeah that's my plan <laughs> decided against that
1: <laughs> what are your comedy lyrics to uh michael jackson man in the mirror no
3: classical music he said right
0: that classic piece of composition <laughs> man in the mirror
3: like la 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 no no yeah but it's the words honk fart jizz Talk, the words that I use when I'm singing my classical music. Yeah.
1: Proper highbrow stuff, then. Yeah? yeah. Yeah.
3: Decided against that one. <laughs> then my next idea, which could have been quite funny, but also might have pissed you three off, was just to say, uh, I'm just curious, just to play quite straight. I'm quite curious what, what other ideas you might have had and just to go, get an idea from all three of you. <laughs> and then just to be like, okay, I'm having that for my plan. <laughs> but what I've arrived at, I've written it on my notepaper here, is just. Mexico. Just go to Mexico. Just go to Mexico? Mexico! (laughs) That's what people do, isn't it? People just go Mexico, don't they? I could have at least written out a little
2: fun narrative when they go to Mexico.
3: I gave you a fun narrative at the start with my different ideas for plans.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's well, Mexico. (laughs) Can you give us a blast of some kind of classical music with your different words in?
0: Oh, can we not not have... um... The dance around the Mexican hat, could you do it? That. Oh, I don't know. That's a bit
3: too quick to fit. What the, about? Cock 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 jizzes.
2: Cock
3: cock cock It's just stuff like cock and jizz and hunk and spunk and jizz. Cock. And <laughs> <laughs> Fart and Hong Kong cheese cheers and Hong Kong fart. <laughs> stuff like that. I bet it's a joy living with you. Uh, it's a laugh a minute. <laughs> do you do that when the when the kids have sleepovers as well? Oh yeah, yeah. The mates love it. They go home and they tell their parents about what a fun guy I am.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love embarrassing my
3: children. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I don't really for Clary. Do you still wear that bow tie? You know the one that spins. What do you think I am? Some kind of pickled egg?
2: (laughs) All right, Turner, you are gonna have to give us some absolute shit to lose my vote this week.
1: (laughs) Well, hold my beer, he said. Sometimes the snow comes down in June. Sometimes the sun goes round the moon. <laughs> just when I thought the chance had passed, I go and save the best for last. Ah, the Fratellis. Good at plotting escapes from county jail and counterfeiting money, but crap childminders or child catchers <laughs> or both. Absolutely no problem whacking cops or FBI agents, but a soft spot for kiddlywinks. The shame. Now they've been rumbled, what do they do with these troublesome children? Kill them! Kill them all, I say! I hear you shout, but no. No killing. Not yet. With their counterfeiting operation already set up and ready to go, the fratelli set up a little counterfeiting sweatshop in the basement and put the kids to work, operating the machine and with the help of ingenious data They create more presses and efficient ways to produce increasingly legitimate fake dosh. Holding the kids there prevents them from saving their houses and families from the compulsory purchase order, and they are evicted and forced to leave town. However, their missing kids are a potential fly in the ointment. Having found evidence of the kids' discovery of one-eyed Willie treasure plot in the attic, a frantic search of the area has commenced over a number of days. When the sheriff eventually turns up at the Fratelli's hideout, he's met by Mama Fratelli and a generous offer. He is to keep their secrets safe, and in return, he can have as much counterfeit cash as he can stuff into his pantaloons. Enough for him and any of his small local force to live a comfortable life. He doesn't refuse. As a way to close down the search for the kids, Mama Fratelli tells him the location of the body of one of the kids. Who slipped and fell on the little treasure hunt? One of the more useless Goonies, let's say, Andy. Finding <laughs> her mangled corpse on the rocks below a cliff, the authorities believe the children are lost to Davy Jones's locker. Arm hearties. Arr. But where are they? Working in the sweatshop, producing counterfeit money. Uh, okay. So are we canceling this episode now?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not not being funny, but I thought at at least mine was all right, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, Gaz's was the least uh, harming because he just said, go to Mexico and that's it. No no inference of any harm to children or to Mogwai. (laughs) One thing I would question about yours, Turner, Mm -hmm. is that somehow
0: the Goonies have just now appeared in the sweatshop when the whole film's about trying to get the Goonies
1: back from the tunnel. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks, Craig. Well, no, because they turn up the first time. They go into the restaurant, don't they? Yeah. So they, they get them there. Oh, so get get them immediately, just right from the off. Okay. Yeah. That's where they make mistake because they let them go. And, of course, they're like, no, it's fucking in there. Right. So instead of letting them go the first time, they just keep them.
2: Do we think that a sheriff for a long time would be able to continue using counterfeit money without anybody getting wise to that because counterfeit money doesn't tend to go too well
1: in a town of a shrinking population and then once they have data on board and he's Uh, working his way up in creating more impressive original looking fake dosh he'd have a print impressive power oh yeah he would he'd have one with like fake teeth chomping Chomping the uh, the bits of money and stuff. Print presser Power! <laughs> I think that he's
2: smarter than the Fratellis and he'd work to sabotage the whole operation from the inside out. Well,
1: maybe he would, but in my plan he wouldn't. He'd be a slave producing money.
2: Okay, so your plan relies on characters behaving in ways they wouldn't in, in the actual movie, including the sheriff, who's happy to accept a counterfeit money bribe. That's it. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's not adopting um, plans and and animals or m- mythical creatures from other movies, though. So. Well,
2: you agreed with me earlier that they exist in this world.
1: Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hold on, to your hats. Guess who's come to shit all over my plan? Because he smells a wind in the offing.
2: You talking about me or you? Can't tell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to talk about oneself in the third person is uh, most displeasing, and you have done it several times. Perhaps
2: not today. <laughs> yeah, you do quite frequently. <laughs> huh? What? I'll go and I'll go and do a supercut of you doing it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, it's my plan. Like it or lump it. There it is. Okay. All right.
0: A lot to think about there. Well, not really, but. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, we've heard all the panel of Peril's plots, and we are now all going to vote on them. One, two, three.
3: I have voted for Craigie Morris. I've gone Adam. I went Gaz. Adam and Ben voted for Craig. Yeah, uh, so Craig wins. So, Craig gets two points. I'm marking it on the board. Got a running tally. Exciting start.
1: So, Craig is this week's winner for this episode. However, he doesn't get to choose next week's film. That falls to Lord Manly Supreme. As I feel a little bit sorry for Craig, I'm going
0: to let him choose one to three and that's going to decide the movie.
2: Exciting. This is, this is, uh, oh, I think Ben knows how I'm going to deal with this. Excuse me for a second. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's getting out his, uh his dice, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Here we go. Uh Four. Roll the four. I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> Just joking, it was a one.
0: <laughs> a one. Okay. That is interesting. That takes us back a bit of a callback to the first episode of this uh, entire podcast. It's a Ooh. Bond film. Ooh. Ooh. It's uh, my favorite Bond. Ooh. <gasps> We're going to watch Moonraker. Wow.
3: Oh, yes. Oh, nice. Love it. <laughs> I nearly watched it last
2: week, so I'm happy you've picked that up. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. Fantastic. All I've heard yeah. about it in recent years is loads of people saying it deserves to be reevaluated and it's great. Mm-hmm. And it like suffered from coming out at the same time as Star Wars and stuff, but apparently it's really good. Mm. Mm. So, yeah.
3: It was on um, Tarantino's podcast a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Roger Avery loves it. Tarantino <laughs> still hates it. <laughs> it's quite <a>
2: <laughs> That theme tune as well moon raker he's the man the man (laughs) man with the moon
0: of rakes
3: (laughs) (laughs) that lunar tool
1: (laughs) and that brings us to the end of this week's episode thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed yourselves as much as we have if you have please leave us a five-star review on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcast from you can follow us across social media on at diabolical pod most importantly if you know someone who might like the pod please share it with them as we all know the gift of giving leads to enlightenment so until next time dear listener hey I'm just hoping none of us have got any STDs. <laughs> I'm just hoping that we um we've all got our own STDs picks and nobody crosses
2: over with any of other... <laughs> fingers <laughs> crossed none of us have got full blown AIDS because that'll put a uh, crimp in the <laughs> proceedings. <laughs> oh
1: god AIDS do, 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 do. AIDS AIDS AIDS.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was very nicely done, Teller. Thank you explanation's really clear. Nice cool, one. good.
1: I was hoping it was all right.
0: I was trying to be concise yeah, as it was possible. Yeah, spot on. And you've got a great voice too. Thank you.
3: And you're very handsome. I would never <laughs> go that far. Look
2: at these desperate sycophants, like, trying to get your vote.
0: <laughs> Already started campaigning.